With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. We're coming to you live from Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. Um, I want to welcome everybody to my new show here on Blog Talk Radio. Today, we are going to talk about how our negative words can come back to haunt us. And, and really, it seems like over the past few years, we've gone from a society that takes the time to listen to other people's perspectives, uh, research them, and then make our own decisions to a society where many people immediately reject new or different information and, and rather than thinking about that information, they resort to name-calling, to ridiculing, and even violence against the person who believes something different from what they do. And this is, a, this is played out especially in the political arena. And with yesterday being Election Day in the United States, uh, we've seen a lot of that over the last few months. And, and while today's program is not about politics, Right? I, I don't want to get into politics. I think we can all agree that how people interact with each other about sensitive topics, such as politics, and all of the associated topic areas that go with politics, so immigration, taxes, education, equality, rights, reform, we've hit a new low in our society. Um, and, and while I can't say that these things have never happened before, I mean, there's always been name-calling, there, there's always been accusations made one against another, whether it's politics or any other type of situation, even just within our, our everyday lives, situations where perhaps we have a disagreement with a coworker or a family member or somebody who's trying to help us in some way, shape, or form. It feels like the frequency of the instances where this is happening uh, we're, we're, we're getting down to this level of ridiculing and violence. It feels like these instances have increased dramatically. It seems like every day we read of or we see videos of people verbally attacking people. Uh, maybe they're, not, they're in a restaurant and the people at the table next to them aren't speaking English. Or they're demanding to see passports or that they leave the country in the case of a conversation topic such as immigration. We see men and women mocking women who are coming forward with their personal stories of sexual harassment and assault rather than taking the time to listen and try to understand uh, and immediately just going to, oh, she must be lying, for example. We're seeing a whole bunch of broad brush beliefs about groups of people based on their political leanings, their religion, their skin color, their gender, and or, right, because there can be a blend, their sexual orientation. And we're reading these really heartbreaking stories of school children who are committing suicide because of bullying, name-calling, and harassment. Um, the past couple of weeks in the United States have 
you know, been pretty tough. We've seen attacks on African Americans. We've seen Jewish people who have been worshiping in their synagogue uh, being killed while worshiping. And we're seeing bombs sent to political leaders that have a different viewpoint than the person who sent the bombs. And the result of all this has been a ripping apart of the connection that we have with each other, right, at a national level, all the way down to the individual family level, where we're seeing a ripping apart of the fabric that has, that binds us together as we go through life. We've become fractured and divided. Uh, There are these many, many tiny microcosms of subgroups within the United States today that ignore, hate, or exclude others that do not think the same way that they do. And of course, this isn't happening just in the United States. Uh, This wave of hatred and intolerance and negative energy and violence and verbal attacks has spread around the globe. You know, I, I did a quick search online the other day just to see some of the headlines that were out there. And um, the Guardian reported this past week that communities across the UK are facing a, quote, climate of intolerance and polarization uh, because of differing opinions about certain things. Uh, vandals in Israel destroyed a Christian cemetery last month uh, in what is being called a hate crime against Christians in, in the, uh, country, the Israeli country. In Tanzania, members of the LGBT community are fearing for their lives after a powerful politician has threatened to round them up. So it's, it's not just in the United States. It, it's, it's going on around the globe. And it's something that I've been really concerned about for quite some time. I've done a number of shows in the past on love and listening and empathy and forgiveness, and they're all uploaded here. I've moved them over to Blog Talk Radio. They're all uploaded here if you wanted to listen to them. Uh, Each one of these capabilities are needed more than ever today, and I'll be highlighting some of them today. But what I really want to talk about is this idea of our negative words and how they can come back and haunt us. it can really feel today like things are way out of control and they're, they're far bigger than we as an individual can handle. I mean, it is overwhelming some days when you get up and, and you look at what's on the news and, and what group is, is pitting itself against another group. And, and you can feel completely powerless. You can feel as if there's nothing that you can do in order to make things better. And I think deep down, all of us, right, say the majority of, maybe there are some people who thrive in this kind of environment, but I'd say the majority of us, especially those of us who are looking to live courageously and authentically and in touch with what it is that our heart and soul wants for our life, we want to help make it better. We want to create a world where, um, Everyone has the opportunity to live courageously and authentically and bring themselves forward and bring themselves forward in such a way that it raises the consciousness and awareness level of everyone on the planet. But some days, as I said, it can be extremely overwhelming and it can be real easy to just kind of retreat into your own house onto the sofa and, and binge watch on Netflix, hoping that the problem will go away or maybe by some miracle the next day, everything will be okay. Now, of course, ignoring the situation isn't going to help, right? Um, as, as delightful as that could be. So today, 
I really want to talk about how this type of behavior impacts us, this negativity, and specifically about negative words. I mean, there's, there's many forms of violence and assault and aggression that exist in our, words, in our world today, but our words are one that every single one of us um, uses every day. And therefore, we have maybe the, the best opportunity to make change at an individual level and then have that ripple out to our family, our community. So, you know, our negative words, you know, talking about how using negative words and this type of behavior impacts us and others at a spirit or a soul level. Uh, from a, a shamanic point of view, and then talk about some simple things that you can do that can help you navigate and even start to heal yourself, others, and as it ripples out the world, by shifting how you use your words. The phone lines are open. You can give me a call. The number here is 323-870-3896. I'll repeat that again. It's a new number. It's 323 870 3896. Call in with your thoughts and your questions. Join in the conversation if you have a personal experience you want to share. I want to hear it. So let's start first with uh, the impact of all this negativity, these negative words and the negative emotions that result as a result of these negative words. And I want to look at it uh, from the perspective of whether we're the ones sending out the negativity uh, whether we're the ones receiving the negativity or if we're the ones who are just observing the negativity because we do all get exposed to this type of negative behavior every day. Uh, we could be riding on a bus and, and seeing an altercation between two strangers or getting our coffee or you know, observing something happening in our homes. So let's start first by talking about these from a spirit and a shamanic point of view. A shaman, for those of you who are not familiar with shamans, a shaman is an intermediary between the spirit world and the physical world. And shamans work with the spirit world to bring about healing at a physical, mental, emotional, and spirit or soul level of an individual, a family, or even an entire community. Uh, Whether that community is a town, a group of people who work in the same office building, Um, or the entire world. Shamanism has been around since the beginning of humankind. uh, While there's no easy way to pinpoint the first date of there being a shaman, it's been well over 10,000 years where uh, archaeologists have found signs of shamans in cultures, again, all over the world. Every indigenous culture in the world has had their version of a shaman uh, they may not use the word shaman. Some other names that have been used for shaman include witch doctor or medicine men or women or witch or spirit communicator, whatever the title is. This idea of having somebody work with the spirit world and intercede on the behalf of the human being has been around forever. Um, typically, a, a shaman works uh, and they focus on energy cleaning clearing at the individual level, uh, soul retrievals, bringing back pieces of soul that may have left an individual because of some type of uh, power animal retrieval to help somebody um, work with an animal that has gifts and skills and capabilities that would help that person at that time. 
divination, uh, getting some insights and answers, and also psychopomp, which is when you help souls cross over when the physical body passes. Shamans have believed for thousands of years that every single thing on this planet is made up of energy. In fact, it's because everything is made up of energy that shamans can connect with people, with nature beings such as trees or rocks or the spirit of deer uh, or the spirit of elk or whatever. And uh, and spirit beings themselves, angels and and guides and, and people who have departed and do their work. And this concept of everything being made up of energy, while known without a doubt to shamans since the beginning of time as they experience it every day, has been validated by quantum physicists uh, relatively recently. Quantum physicists have begun to recognize that physical atoms are made up of energy forces that are constantly spinning and vibrating. And each has its own energy signature, or another way of saying energy signature is speed uh, that they move, uh, which means that nothing, not even the chair you're sitting on right now or the walls of your house or your office building that you're in or the car that you're driving is truly solid because what they've discovered is, you know, the atoms and the particles within the, within the atoms are tiny compared to the energy and the movement that's occurring. So it's actually more space than there is solid mass in every single tangible object on this planet. Each tangible object is actually energy first, and then I'll say solid matter second. Uh, and each vibrates with its own energy level. I touched on that a second ago. Um, so a rock for example, has a much slower energy level than, say, water does um, or air does. Right? So rock being a more physically dense thing has a heavier or slower moving energy. And what's really interesting about all of this, uh, aside from the obvious that nothing is quite as we see it in this world, um, is that scientists are now discovering that because everything is energy, Everything is connected at some level. And they've given this a name. They've called it quantum entanglement, which is a a real fancy way of saying that everything is connected. What they've discovered is that once particles have interacted, so let's say uh, atom A and atom B or something like that, once those particles have interacted, they remain connected and are affected by each other, regardless of the distance between them. So think about that for a second. Little tiny particles. And you and I are made up of these little tiny particles. And you probably can see where I'm starting to go with this. Little tiny particles remain energetically connected even if they are very far apart. Like miles apart or continents apart, right? What scientists have discovered, if they do one thing to one of those particles, there is an immediate reaction in the second one. They do one thing, there's an immediate reaction in the second one because they are connected. 
And because every atom in our body is made up of particles, we're protons, electrons, and neurons, um, high school science right there, uh, we ourselves are energy that can, be re- can remain energetically connected to one another or another being of energy, even after we are no longer in the same room, state, or country with that person. And this is how I do my shamanic sessions, right? Because we can connect. Um, I do my sessions with people who are in another state or another country or even another continent easily because of that energetic connection. So I've worked with people in Italy while I've been in the United States. I've worked with people in India while in Guatemala, right? I've worked with people throughout the U.S. while in San Francisco. Uh, You get the idea. The, The simple act of talking to one another on the telephone, which is how I start my shamanic sessions, connects us. We form an energetic bond. And then basically when I do my shamanic journey work, I I kind of ride that connection uh, to their energy body and do my shamanic work that way. And so I'm consciously, you know, if you think about my shamanic sessions, I'm consciously choosing to connect with my clients this way to do my work. Right, And then I actually do consciously choose to disconnect as well. But every single day, each one of us is connecting with other energy beings, other humans, right? when we interact with them, and we might not even be aware of it. So when you buy your morning cup of coffee and you interact with the barista, you're connecting energetically with that barista. When you smile and say good morning to the bus driver, you're connecting energetically. When you're sitting in that restaurant and you're having your lunch and you turn around and you speak to the total stranger sitting next to you, you're connecting energetically. And even when you're engaging in a dialogue through social media with someone you have never physically met before, but you are talking with them, say you're responding to a a tweet by somebody, you are connecting energetically with that person. So I hope you're starting to see that every interaction that you have causes you to connect with the person that you are interacting with. And here's where it gets really cool, right? So it's not just talking with somebody or smiling at somebody or looking them in the eye or sending a a Twitter response to a total stranger. You don't even know their name because they've got some Twitter name that doesn't give away that their name is Joe Smith. Even thinking about a person causes a connection because our thoughts are energy, right? And they go out into the world. Now, it's not just people that we can connect to, right? I mean, we can connect to animals. We can connect to trees and rocks and flowers and cars, whatever it is, you name it. I mean, and some of us can share stories about how we have a real emotional connection, say, with our cars. I know I do. I love my little sports car. She has a name, and I am connected to her energetically. I know that. Now, of course, some connections are stronger than others, right? A a parent-child connection especially the mother-child connection because of the physical connection during the time that the mother is pregnant with the baby is extremely strong, right? Which is why, I don't know if you've experienced it, 
but I've experienced it. It's why your mother can sense that something is wrong with you even when you live 3,000 miles away and you haven't spoken to her for a couple of weeks and you definitely have not told her about the bad news that you've been wrestling with at your work. How she knows it and she senses it because there is this extremely strong energetic connection. And remember those particles in quantum physics, one particle has a reaction Jennifer Monaghan, as a child, is nervous because, you know, work isn't going well, for example. That causes a reaction in the other particle, mom, saying, huh, something might be wrong with Jennifer. Let me give her a call. The connection we have with our closest friends or our siblings is usually pretty strong as well, right? So that's why uh, you may do things like pick up the phone to call each other at the same time or have a really good laugh when you buy each other the exact same gift for Christmas one year. But regardless of whether or not the connection is a strong one uh, or is a, I'll call it a weaker one, the connection still exists, which means that what scientists call quantum entanglement exists and is in play as well as we go through life. Call in with any thoughts or questions on this. Uh, The number again is 323-870-3896. And again, we're talking about how our negative words can come back to haunt us. And I just shared that we are all physically connected. Science is proving this out. Uh, Our energy connects us to one another. But what does that mean for you, right? From a shamanic perspective, it's like, yeah, I get it. We're all connected. But what does it mean for you? And what does this concept of quantum entanglement mean for you as an individual? Well, at its most basic level, it means that whenever you interact with another person and whatever it is that you do, express or feel during that interaction, you're going to end up impacting yourself as well. And let me give you a simple example. Say you're getting your morning coffee and you compliment the barista on how amazing she is at her work and what a really cool design of a cat uh, she made in the foam on top of your coffee. Through this interaction, you have connected with her. Uh, You've sent a bunch of positive energy in her direction, right? You've complimented her. She's probably feeling pretty good about herself. She smiles. She says thank you. And then you both go about your day, right? You leave. You're on your way to the office. She's got to serve the next customer in line. And you probably don't think about it again. But later on in the day, again in my hypothetical example here, uh, cat drawing barista is working and she's feeling stressed and ins- uninspired by her work. Uh, she had a bunch of customers come in and, and just wasn't feeling good. But then she remembers your compliment and it immediately lifts up her energy and she feels this burst of happiness and pride in her work, right? I and mean, we've all experienced that where we've gotten a compliment and then we, you know, life goes on and Stuff happens and we're, we're not feeling that great about something at some point in the future. But just the memory of praise uh, that we've gotten from somebody else and, and how that made us feel can lift us up, you know, later on in the same day or even months or even years later, right? So in this case, she, she feels this burst of happiness. She feels this, this pride in her work and, and that lifts her up and makes her feel better. But it doesn't stop there. Because you are both connected. And remember, this concept of quantum entanglement means when one particle has something happen to it, 
the other particle has a reaction to that. So in this situation, because you're both connected, her thought of your compliment and her increase in positive energy also impacts you and brings you some increased positive energy. It comes your way as well, right? Much as how the quantum physics experiments show that this happens with particles. Now, you may not be able to say, ooh, all of a sudden I'm feeling just a little lighter and happier. It must be because the barista is thinking of me and, and grateful for the compliment. You're probably not getting down to that level, and you may have three or four different things happening at the same time. But the point is that energy is coming your way, and you, at an unconscious and possibly conscious level, are reacting to that positive energy coming your way. Of course, the flip of this is also true, right? So negative interactions and connections as well impact both ways. So let's say, again, that you're getting your morning coffee and the barista makes a mistake on your order. You're late. You're already stressed out because you've got a big meeting that you have that day. And this mistake, while tiny and easily fixable, is like that str- the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And you end up going ballistic on her, just yelling and screaming at her in front of all of her coworkers, in front of all the other customers, uh, telling her she's an idiot and she's not even smart enough to be able to make a cup of coffee the correct way and blah, 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 right? And you storm out without your coffee, uh, like this dark cloud, <laughs> and start going about your day. Two things happen when, when you do that. The first one is you're carrying that negative energy with you for at least a little while, which impacts you down to the cellular level, right? Because again, energy, you are having a reaction. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sink down in you. And we all know this, right? We've all been there where we get really angry about something and then we're going through the rest of the day and it's like our whole day has been ruined because of this one thing where we just lost it at, right? So that's the first thing. But the second thing that has happened is you've created a connection with the barista. And uh, that means that later on in the day, when she has a break from the, the morning rush, and she starts reliving the interaction that you and she had, and she starts to feel the shame and the hurt from it, and, and maybe starts to cry or gets really angry or whatever it is, however it is that she responds to your negative energy towards her, that negative energy connects back to you. And because negative emotions such as fear, shame, guilt, and grief vibrate at a much slower and lower level, right, than say love and joy and happiness, and we all can validate that just even within our own bodies, or guilt or or sadness versus love and joy, um, when that negative energy comes back to you, they bring your energy down down. At another level, the words spoken, both the positive and the negative, could stick with the barista and impact her life going forward too, right? So it's not just a one-time thing. This is the power of our words. And I know I've talked about this before. Our words have more power than we could ever imagine, right? So in this case, you know, your positive words, the words about how amazing that cat was that she made in the foam, could give her the confidence management job at the coffee shop that maybe she wouldn't have applied to without that. And your negative words may float around in her head over and over again, because sometimes we do that where we hold on to those words. 
um, until she actually believes them to be true. And that ultimately leads her to give up on her life and her future because she believes that she is, in fact, extremely stupid because you told her that. Right. And, and that's no different than what we committing suicide by being bullied, right, where those negative words get so overwhelming that these children give up on their lives. So as I mentioned before, in either of these simple examples about getting coffee in the morning, you may not know why you're suddenly feeling a little happier or lighter or suddenly feeling a bit down or negative, but the emotions and their associated energy that the barista is feeling and that make their way back to you impact you. It's, it's like karma, right? You know, they say karma, what goes around, come around. And that's what's at play here. Um, another saying that comes into play here is the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I mean, that's actually a fair warning. It's like, uh, it's not just a good way to live, but it's a fair warning. If you do something to another person, even with your words, one other thing to know uh, and I mentioned this, is the vibration of the uh, emotions, right? Positive emotions vibrate much higher and negative emotions vibrate much lower, but they're not a one-to-one ratio uh, in terms of how they, quote, cancel each other out. Um, positive emotions and positive in- uh, cause an exponentially higher impact than uh, in terms of how many people are impacted. So what that means is that one positive burst of energy can negate a whole lot more than just one negative energy burst, right? So our words and our interactions and our actions um, not only impact another, but they impact ourselves and the tone and the uh, emotion behind. So, how do you minimize the impact of the negative words and the negative interactions and maximize the impact of the positive ones, right? Because this is what we can do to start making our world a better place, right? First, be aware of the words that you're using and be aware of the intention and the emotion behind them, right? Our words, as you know, have an incredible amount of power and uh, we'll realize Dr. Uh, Masuru Emoto, he was a Japanese scientist, did this eye-opening work on the impact of our words and the emotions behind those words on water and its ability to crystallize. And if you haven't, I mean, he wrote a book about it. It's amazing. Uh, And if you haven't checked out the book, go online, do a quick search. It's called The Hidden Words, Hidden Messages in Water, and uh, take a look at some of the away. So let me tell you what he did. He created the means to photograph drops of water as they began to crystallize when frozen, right? So all those pretty snowflake crystal kind of things. And then what he did was he said, well, will crystallization change depending on what the water is exposed to? So he'd put water in a jar, a glass jar, and he would do around that glass jar. So the words might be love and peace and joy. Um, or they may be words like, you know, hate and kill. Or he would expose the water, for example, to different kinds of music. So one group of water might have gotten love songs from the Beatles or uh, something from Beethoven, whereas another group might be getting some heavy metal or rap music uh, that has lyrics about 
And this is what he found. He found that water that was exposed to positive, uplifting words like love and peace and joy or positive and uplifting music, as an example, um, formed absolutely gorgeously beautiful crystals. Like these could on the wall, beautiful crystals. That was exposed to the negative words like hate and kill kill and, and music with lyrics that were negative as well. Caused the water to really have a, a hard time crystallizing. I mean, the water did freeze, but it didn't form those pretty symmetrical crystals like how we envision, say, a snowflake is. Instead, the crystals were more like a blob, right? They, they, they were unformed, and they were, um, they, were, they were ugly, like the words and the emotions and, and the songs that they were exposed to, right? We, as human beings, are predominantly made of water, right? We're... Uh, 60 to 70 percent water and uh, that same fine is true to us the words that we speak the thoughts that we have impact us down to the cellular level because we're water right so first and foremost is to be aware of the words that you're using how you're using them the intention behind them and recognize the power of those words when you say them you know, be as generous as you can with your positive words and actions because, again, that will come back to you in spades. But Now, of course, you know, that doesn't mean to, to get walked all over and, and all of that. There will be times in life where you need to stand up for yourself or contradict another person for what they're saying or correct somebody, right? But we can do these things from a place of love, a place of love for ourselves and for the other person. And think about just, again, having just had our election in the United States yesterday, election day. Think about how all around the different topics of the campaigns, if people came from a place of love when they're talking to one another, even if it's a, something as highly controversial as, say, abortion or immigration status and policies or equal rights, right? If we listen and speak to one another from a place of love, we have a greater opportunity of understanding each other and raise to what, quote, the truth is. Um, and even in simple examples, so going back to our, our friendly barista there, think about how different it would be to say to somebody or to hear from somebody if you're the barista, barista in this example. I asked for my coffee without milk. Would you mind fixing this, right? There's no venom or anything in that. Versus you're such an idiot. You can't even give me my coffee without milk. Right? And I mean, just saying the words, you can hear the difference, right? One leaves you feeling neutral or possibly even positive about the interaction. Ah, oh, that woman was so great. She was so understanding. You know, I had 50 cups of coffee in front of me and I made a mistake. And the other makes you feel horrible. Or Again, if you want to give me a call, the number here is 323-870. Talking about how our negative words can come back to haunt us. 
So one of the first things, again, as I said, is be aware of what you are saying and the emotions and words that you're putting out. But we're not always the ones doing the talking, right? And sometimes we are the recipient of the negative emotions. So, for example, you might be the barista in the example I mentioned. Well, the impact to yourself. Well, first and foremost, be aware of how you talk to or about yourself, right? We tend to say a lot of things to ourselves, such as, oh, I look stupid in this, this shirt or this dress, or nobody wants to be with me. And, and, and it's, it's so ingrained in our being that it's almost unconscious, right? We just, it's like, oh, you pass by a mirror, you're like, ugh. My hair looks like garbage again, right? Whatever it is, these words, thinking about them, but they have the same impact on us as those said to us by someone else and often have much more of a negative impact because we're usually saying these things to ourselves over and over and over again without even realizing it, right? So begin by being aware of these words, what it is you're telling yourself, and replace them with positive, affirming words. Right? Think of it as kind of you're, you're cleaning yourself out first, just kind of filling yourself up with good things. It's like, you know, a boost of vitamins kind of thing. Um, the same kind of thing goes for when you put yourself down. So let's say, I don't know, let's say at your work, uh, your boss comes over to you and says, oh, Susie, you did such a great job on that presentation. Uh, you should feel great about yourself. Now, if you're a oh, little bit of praise makes you uncomfortable, saying thank you is all you really need to do. Um, but sometimes we put ourselves down and say, oh, no, you know what? I did not do a good job. I mean, I stuttered at the beginning, and then I dropped my pen, and, you know, oh, the flip chart fell over, and blah, 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 right? And you're putting yourself down. You're rejecting these wonderful words that are coming your way. So recognize when you're putting it, and then shift to at least just saying thank you and accepting the words that are coming towards you instead of rejecting them. So if the negativity... So we've talked about internal negativity, right? Because the recipient of negative emotions can come from ourselves and then from external sources. So if the negativity is coming from an external source, then there's several things you can do to protect yourself from this energy. The energy by envisioning yourself in a protective bubble that only allows good energy in. Uh, and you can ask Archangel Michael or your guardian angel or, or spirits or guides or your higher self, whatever works for you to say, just you know, shield and protect me and only let things of love and light enter. Right? And envision yourself in this bubble. And it kind of you can even go as far as envisioning you know, these words or this energy that's coming to you is almost bouncing off and flipping off, you know, off of you and, and, and just dissipating, right? Um, the, another way you can do it is imagine you're surrounded by a mirror, right? It's a one-way mirror like they have in the focus group rooms or in the interrogation rooms in the police office, uh, the police department. See the good stuff and all the bad stuff bounces off the mirror. So that's the first thing you can do. The second thing you can do, and it ties to this concept of mirror as well, is recognize that usually people project out to the others what it is that they feel about themselves. So 
they're actually marrying what's inside of them. So when you can remember that, it helps minimize the impact of the words coming to you. Even if there is a core message, such as making the coffee incorrectly, that is relevant, right? You can then take the relevant bit of feedback and coming in because you're recognizing that it's really the other person um, bringing up their emotions and what they feel about themselves. Practicing the pause is another thing you can do, right? So when negativity comes to you, pause and take a deep breath. Just give yourself that gift rather than blindly responding from a place of emotional distress. You need to disconnect from the pure emotion and connect to that calmer place inside of you instead. And if you've done the work that I mentioned originally around kind of clearing out that negative mind chatter, or at least minimizing it significantly, learning to accept good energy coming in, then this, pa- this pause and connecting to that calmer place inside of you is that much easier. Connecting uh, with your strength and your knowledge that you are imperfectly perfect, right, as we all are, uh, and knowledge that the perceptions of others about you is not needed for you to feel good about yourself. This is a big one, right? And I've talked about this in the past, but we look outside of ourselves for validation that we are good human beings, that we are worthy of being here, that we are loved and worthy of loved and being loved and lovable, But all we really need to do is look inside and we'll see that that's the truth. And even if every other person on the planet disagreed with it, we'll feel the truth within us. So connect with that inner source. And then whenever you can, if you can, avoid being around or at least limit the time you spend with negative people, right? So if you know that uh, your your Uncle Uncle Billy is uh, going to once again, going off on XYZ topic and you can already feel your energy going down as a result of it before you've even gotten in the room because you know what's happening, try to limit your time or change the, change the conversation, right? And then finally, the last thing you can do is cut the connection cord you have with that person to prevent any further exchange of energy. So each one of us has these energetic cords out to the individuals that we have connected with. The size of the cord indicates the strength of the relationship. So a really thick cord is a strong relationship, such as one you may have with your parent or your child, while a thin cord is a weaker one that perhaps is just, you know, your daily hello to the bus drivers you board the bus, right? To cut the cord, envision the cords, and select the one that leads to the person that you want to disconnect with. And you just, your fingers are a scissor, And then send love to both severed ends of the cord. So basically you're sending love to the other person and you're sending love to yourself as you break that connection. And if you are like the rest of us and you've said negative things to another person, uh, remember first that you are human as we all are. There's several things you can do then too, right? First, you can give a sincere apology. Um, And when you do, so it's not negative anymore. And even if your apology is not accepted, let's just say that, uh, or you you physically can't talk to that person. Maybe that person has moved away and you don't know how to contact them or perhaps the person has passed on or uh, is just not available. If it's not accepted or 
you still will have broken that negative energy cycle and connection between the two of you because you will have raised it and, and helped to erase the hurt around that negative interaction. And then another thing you can do is send love to that person or that situation to help heal the negativity and raise their and your vibrational energy as a result of it. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. Come back to haunt us. Um, I'll be back again, tune in again in two weeks on November 21st, uh, where we will continue to explore ways to live courageously and authentically. And in the meantime, if you want to learn more, please visit my website. It's spiritevolution.co. That's .co, not .com. And uh, I have a wealth of blog and a whole bunch of stuff listed under my freebie section that might interest you. And if you're ready to start living your courageous life, check out some of the services I offer, uh, including individual shamanic sessions, online courses. I've got an upcoming workshop in Connecticut on December 15th, and there's a week-long retreat in beautiful Guatemala on January 19th to 26th in 2019, where I still have a few spots left. So again, thank you so much to Living a Courageously Authentic Life with me, your host, Jennifer Monaghan, and we are coming to you live from Blog Talk Radio. Talk to you next uh, in two weeks. Have a great day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.